In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God, our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgivest iniquity of my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and truly repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose by the assistance of God, the Holy Ghost, henceforth to amend your sinful lives. And in the stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The introit is in your blue. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, And let thy saints shout for joy. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. The salutation on page 13. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayers to Thee on this day of St. Nicholas, Thy confessor and bishop, that as Thou didst lead him to render faithful service to Thee, Thou wouldst lead us to faithfully confess our hope in Thy salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen.
The Old Testament reading for St. Nicholas, Bishop and Confessor, is from the 62nd chapter of Isaiah. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentiles shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name, which the mouth of the Lord will name. You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no longer be termed forsaken, nor shall your land any more be termed desolate. But you shall be called Hephzibah, and your land Beulah. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married." For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. I have set a watchman on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent and give him no rest till he establishes and till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, Surely I will no longer give your grain as food for your enemies, and the sons of the foreigner shall not drink your new wine for which you have labored. But those who have gathered it shall eat it and praise the Lord. Those who have brought it together shall drink it in my holy courts. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, Build up, build up the highway, take out the stones, lift up a banner for the peoples. Indeed, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the world, say to the daughter of Zion, surely your salvation is coming. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out a city not forsaken. Here ends the reading. The epistle is from the seventh chapter of Hebrews. Also there were many priests, because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as those high priests, to offer up sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. Here ends the epistle. I will clothe her priest with salvation, and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There will I make the horn of David to bud. I have ordained a lamp for mine anointed. Alleluia. Alleluia, the people will tell of their wisdom, and the congregation shall show forth their praise. Alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory be to thee, O Lord. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them, and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. 
But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settles accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Here ends the gospel. Praise be to thee, O Christ. The Nicene Creed, page 17. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. You may be seated. The hymn number 66 is in your bulletin. Father's love begotten, ere the world began to be, He is Alpha and Omega, He the source, the ending He, of the things that are that have been. And that future years shall see Evermore and evermore Oh, that birth forever blessed When the virgin full of grace By the Holy Ghost conceiving Bear the Savior of our race, and the babe, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face, evermore and evermore. O 
he hides of heaven adore him. Angel hosts his praises sing. Powers, dominions bow before him and extol our God and King. Let no tongue on earth be silent, every voice in concert ring. Evermore and evermore. This is he whom heaven taught singers, sang of old with one accord, whom the scriptures of the prophets Promise in their faithful word. Now he shines the long expected. Let creation praise its Lord. Evermore and evermore. Christ to thee with God the Father, and all Holy Ghost to thee. Him and high thanksgiving, and unending praise be. Honor, glory, and dominion, and eternal victory, evermore and evermore. Amen. Our sermon text is from Matthew chapter 25. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Article 4 of the Formula of Concord is entitled Good Works. It does not merely condemn works righteousness and extol salvation by grace through faith. It also warns against what is called the Epicurean delusion in which Christians give themselves over to decadent and sinful living as if good works are somehow to be shunned so that believers do not strive to produce the fruits of faith. It speaks positively, and then it goes down and it says, these are the things that we reject and condemn. And so I will read Article 4. It says, we reject and condemn the following modes of speaking. When it is taught and written that good works are necessary to salvation, we reject and condemn that, no. Also, that no one ever has been saved without good works, that is to be rejected. Also, that it is impossible to be saved without good works, that also needs to be rejected goes on, we reject and condemn as offensive and detrimental to Christian discipline the bare expression when it is said good works are injurious to salvation. Both sides, we reject that as well. And here, for especially in these last times, it is no less needful to admonish men to Christian discipline, to the way of living aright and godly, and good works, to remind them how necessary it is that they exercise themselves in good works as a declaration of their faith, 
and gratitude to God, then that the works be not mingled in the article of justification. Why? Because men may be damned by an Epicurean delusion concerning faith, as well as by the papistic Pharisaic confidence in their own works and merits. You can fall off on both sides of the course. You can trust in your works, or you can reject good works completely. Today's Holy Gospel presents to us a parable about the importance of faithful service as a confession of our hope and salvation, just as it says in the collect for today. It appears to have taken it from Article 4. The grace which kindles in us faith and a new life is to be followed by the fruits of grace and faith and that new life which is a life in good works. The man in the parable who is going abroad is none other than our Savior Jesus. After rising from the dead, he ascends into the glory of heaven, and he is to be gone, earthly speaking, for a long while until his return on the last day. The three men, the servants, are symbolic of our attitudes and gifts, of which each of us has his own personal and different share. That is, we are not equal by nature, and we also have been given different offices and and vocations and positions. Our Lord shows great wisdom in giving each one a different share, just as there are varieties of service and, and corresponding gifts, so that our Lord provides gifts always in accordance with our nature. Now, we see that some are faithful and some are unfaithful. The outcome at the end, yes, it will always be different. Even when we take a look at the first and second servant, equal faithfulness, both are are given the exact same, well done, good and faithful servant, but the results will have different, uh, there will be different results. This parable does not deal with degrees of faithfulness. It simply is going to present to us two men that are faithful and one who is not. Like the disciples at the Last Supper, this parable leads us to ask, Lord, is it I? You see, this parable naturally leads us to examine ourselves, whether we are faithfully using our gifts to serve God and to serve our neighbor. First of all, we need to examine the unfaithful servant. Nevertheless, the appointed reading stops short uh, concerning the unfaithful servant. It only goes to verse 23. So let me read the rest of uh, it. It goes from verse 24 to verse 30. It goes on to say, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have Even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So let us examine the unfaithful slave. First of all, the gracious gift which the servant was given was hidden in a hole. 
That is, he did not regard this gift with high regard at all. Uh, He would have wished that he had been given nothing. It it seems to be a, a, a great inconvenience for him. But since he had it, well, fine, he'll bury it. He didn't really care about the gift. He didn't care about the master's profit at all. Now, I guess he could have done much worse. He could have squandered it away with prostitutes or something like that, as we have in a couple other parables. But here we are presented with a lazy and slothful servant. Though that may seem less offensive than one who misuses, nevertheless, that is unfaithfulness as well. The long delay in time for the master's return, what does it do? It thoroughly tests out the faithful, and it gives time for the unfaithful to repent and to amend their sinful ways. Though the unfaithful servant paints a rather poor and unflattering picture of the master, we see from the parable itself that he is lying. The master is none other than a generous master who loves his servants. The master showers out his blessings or the gifts of talents upon them. And when he returns, he heaps praise upon them who have been faithful. The master is not concerned with working his servants to death or merely acquiring some more goodies by their work. We see the master not only desires to praise them, but he also says at the end, enter into the joy of your Lord. He desires to be with them and that they might enjoy heavenly bliss. Here we have the hope of salvation and the joy of, future, the joy of our future hope. But finally, the Lord wishes to take away, we would say, all sin and sadness and trouble. And he wishes to give to the believer that which would be our heavenly joy. Now, yes, there's always a grain of truth in uh, uh, what is said. We are Christ's servants, to be sure. And yes, we are in his kingdom, and we will do work. But our work could never have saved us. So that we might be in Christ's kingdom, that we might be employed, our Lord suffered and died and shed his blood. It cost our Lord his entire life to forgive us our sins and to save us. With this parable, we need to understand that this faithful, this unfaithful servant thinks very little of being in Christ's kingdom, very little of Christ's atonement and the life which comes in Christ's church. In a small way, if you can remember a time in which you were unemployed, and then think of the joy of being brought into employment. Your thankfulness for having been given a job. And here in Christ's church, yes, we are here by grace, but we will work. And Christ and his kingdom will profit from our labor. But we are blessed, blessed by inclusion in the kingdom. And we are glad that we might do whatever our Lord asks. Second of all, all of our gifts are simply that. They are gifts. He is generous in providing us not only salvation, but he has given us these gifts that we might share his joy, that we might with joy serve and honor our master. He does not need us to do work. We need this. Or rather, it blesses us by the work with him who has saved us by his grace. Last of all, we see of this unfaithful servant of the accusations that he makes towards the master. First of all, the unfaithful servant said that the master was a hard man. (laughs) Though we have seen the generosity of this master in bringing him into the kingdom, and yes, it cost him not just gold and silver, but his son's precious blood and innocent suffering and death. Oh, this man is not a hard man at all. It is one who knows the abilities and gifts of his servant. And he not only gives them work in the kingdom, but work which they could handle according to their abilities. The unfaithful servant said that he was reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And well, again, there is some truth, but the Lord is allowing his servants to share in the work of the kingdom. That's not being 
hard. On the contrary, this unfaithful servant who does not care for the master, does not care for the employment, does not care for the fruit of the kingdom work. And so all he looks at and says, I don't want to do anything. The unfaithful servant says, and I was afraid. I went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, there, you have what is yours. It's yours. Have it. The servant claims that he fears the master, but we find nothing in the parable to fear at all. This is of his own thinking. Furthermore, the unfaithful servant is not afraid to insult the master. He's not afraid to say harsh things directly to his master. But his word of fear are inconsistent with his actions. You see, he is not afraid to bring back the talent without having put forth even the least effort. He, he, he doesn't even gain a penny, and he says, well, here, it's yours. He's not afraid to do that. As the master responds, if you knew that I was so hard, and if you freed me, you would have at least put it in the bank. But you've not done that. You are a liar. The Lord says what the man is really like. He is a faith. He is a wicked and slothful servant. What we find in this unfaithful servant is that he receives a master just as he has made him out to be. He receives a master he ought to fear. By his unfaithfulness and slothfulness, he will receive a hard man. Yes, the master will punish that unfaithful servant. We find that the one who has received gifts and faithfully used them will be given more. And by God's grace, they will have a superabounding gifts, even enjoying the heavenly banquet, the joy of our Lord. However, the one who has not by his refusal made use of the gifts bestowed upon him will even have his gift taken away. You see, he didn't want the gift anyway, and now he receives just exactly what he desires. And so this parable teaches us that like Article 4, the formula of Concord, that we not fall into a kind of Epicurean delusion, one in which we give ourselves over completely uh, to sinful and lustful thoughts and living, um, as if we care nothing. But it says you have been given grace, you have been given faith, you have been saved. We are to show it by our faithfulness and our thankfulness. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The offertory is on page 18. We stand. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a bright spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore from me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy priesthood. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank thee for all thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of thy dear Son, for the revelation of thy will and grace, and we beseech thee so to implant thy word in us, that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. 
Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers, that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word, whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority, especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for thy name and for thy truth's sake, comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, Yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations and all pure arts and useful knowledge and crown them with thy blessings. Lord, we beseech thee to give ear to our prayers and lighten the darkness of our hearts by thy gracious visitation during this season of Advent. These and whatsoever other things thou would have us ask of thee, O God, vouchsafe unto us For the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Dearly Beloved, For as much as we purpose to come to the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, it becometh us diligently to examine ourselves, as St. Paul exhorteth us. For this holy sacrament has been instituted for the special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their sins and who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we thus examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but only sin and death, from which we can in no wise set ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ hath had mercy upon us and hath taken upon himself our nature, that so he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance suffer death and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end, that we should the more confidently believe this and be strengthened by our faith in a cheerful obedience to his holy will, He hath instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feedeth us with his body, and giveth us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoso eateth up this bread, and drinketh up this cup, 
firmly believing the words of Christ, dwelleth in Christ, and Christ in him, and hath eternal life. We should also do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, and rendering unto him most hearty thanks for the same, take up our cross and follow him. And according to his commandment, love one another, even as he hath loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup. I will wash my hands in innocency, and so will I compass thine altar. O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thy honor dwelleth. church on the foundation of the prophets and apostles in the unity of the Catholic faith by the work of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven. We laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God of Sabaoth, Heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he, blessed is he, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take it, this is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. Christ, our Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. O Christ, our Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. O Christ, thou Lamb of God, that takest away the sin of the world, grant us thy peace. bread of heaven and call upon the name of the Lord. Lord, I'm not worthy you should come under my roof, but only speak the word and my soul shall be healed. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was given for me, preserve my body and soul unto everlasting life. Amen. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation. And call upon the name of the Lord. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. The blood of our Lord Jesus which was shed for me. Preserved my body and soul into everlasting life. Amen. Depart in peace. Lord now let us sell thy servant. Depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles, and the glory I keep people is Rael. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endureth forever. We give thanks unto thee, Almighty God, that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that of thy mercy thou would strengthen us to the same in faith towards thee and in fervent love toward one another through Jesus Christ thy Son. Dear Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.